Hello and welcome back to Pokemon Radio. We are your hosts, Derek and Sessie, and thank you for joining us for Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Now, unfortunately, Professor Oak is unable to join us because he got lost in Dark Cave without Flash. What a rookie move. I get it. Nobody wants to waste their move slot on a useless HM like Flash, but bruh, you got to learn, Oak. So hopefully somebody can help him get out of there. If you are near there, please give us a call at 1-800-FIND-THIS-LOST-OLD-MAN. We will help get him out of there and get him ready for the next episode. Now, we left our trainers last in New Barktown, having run some errands for Professor Elm, and now they're ready to really get on their journey. They're not just errand boys and girls anymore. They are now Pokemon trainers. Now, when we left them off with Astrid and Paul Wall, Paul Wall was sitting there with the level 5 spin rack named Sideways Boys in a Daze, paused in a daze, depending on what lyric website you look up. Now, where was Astrid at? Astrid, as a reminder, has a Smoochum named the Empress at level 5. Um, she is naming all of her Pokemon after tarot cards from the Major Arcana deck. So, just Empress right now, but soon we'll have a full reading, I think. About to have the squad. Now, we finally go ahead, and as we're heading out on our journey, we meet this, like, weird dude that's, like, just teaching people to catch Pokemon. Um, and I'll be real... In the past, maybe for some of the younger trainers that we've met, this is a great thing. For Paul Wall and for Astrid, they seem like they know what they're doing. They've already actually caught Pokemon as their starters. They've been very involved in this process. I don't know what this guy was trying to do, but he was very confident. We just let him talk. Oh, Astrid bailed. Like, I think he asked her if she needed help. And, you know, being a 13-year-old girl being approached by a man, like, no, sir, don't assume that I just need help. Like, I got a little offended on her behalf. So we were like, no, actually, we don't. And we just left. Oh, I was, I, I didn't know how to say no. Paul Wall kind of just looked at me <laughs> funny. He walked away and I was just sitting there like, oh, this is great. Thanks for this. Yeah, good job. And immediately power walked away because it was extremely awkward. But um, I guess for some people, that's good. Uh, I was not a fan. Um, one of the most interesting things about this, though, as as we kind of go through this route, Paul had such a fucking plan. Like, he literally, like, looks at me. He's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead, and I need it. Once it turns night tonight, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to catch myself a Weedle. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to go ahead and set, go ahead and get myself a Ladybug. I need to get these back-to-back. I'm going to train these up, and I'm getting ready to kick some ass to the next gym. And I was like, Whoa! This is more confidence than I've ever seen in combined from Bujis in our last adventure. And he just was not joking around. Like, he looked me dead in the eye. Because at first, I was like, yo, it's going to get dark. Or, like, are we going to find, like, a place to sleep? Like, how do you want to handle this and everything? And he just looked straight up at me. He's like, my chain light up like a lamp. Because now I'm back with the camp. And I was like, I don't know what that means, dude. But cool. Good for you. I'm just going to take your word for it. So, yeah. He was ready to go had his whole plan we actually camped out right away went straight to route 30 and we were on the hunt for some weedles as it started getting darker and they were actually a little bit easier to find weedles are still pretty rare though right yeah we were out there for a while there were caterpies out the ass and apparently caterpies are too basic for paul because he was just like not right having that's it. little babies yeah yeah apparently mm-hmm. everybody gets a caterpie so we were actually able to go ahead and i guess spoiler alert that was actually the first pokemon that i was able to see him catch it he was a pro he just got out there 
He was able to use his spinnerack sideways to just go ahead and just kind of bully up this little Weedle a little bit, which was awesome to see. Obviously, he's got string shots, so you just kind of tie this little Weedle up in a ball and just throw a Pokeball at it. It didn't really stand much of a chance. And then he went ahead and named the Weedle Buzzy Body. Now, if y'all aren't familiar, one of the very popular songs by Paul Wall is called Busy Body. So he was just like, bro, too easy. One of my favorite things about this is he's so dedicated to like staying in character and like being about what his like morals and stuff are, living by the Paul Wall code. Because he immediately <laughs> throws this Pokeball. He's like, you know what? You're going to be named Buzzy Body. And just goes, now she say that she really want to play it, but she never on her best behavior because she always shaking what her mama gave her. But all she really want from me is that paper because that's a Buzzy Body. Bam, and just put the Pokeball in his pocket, and I was like, look at you, dude. You have your shit together. You had a choreographed little thing to say to your Pokemon when you caught it. I feel like you should be giving me advice in life. Like, was that supposed to intimidate or convince the Weedle to stay in the Pokeball? Like, what? I mean, like, look, yes, again, stay on theme, into that, good for you, but also, like, really, truly curious and not sarcastic why (laughs) i think it was just a flex on me i think he just wanted to let me know that like he's not here to play those games he's an expert and i'm just here to document him and learn because he yeah was asserting his dominance from the start and right there that first night i was like all right dude knows what he's doing i'm gonna sit back and enjoy and immediately caught the pokemon did his little song and dance immediately went to sleep because we he knew we had to be up first thing in the morning for the lady boss so like already on a quick start did you have any experiences with Astrid kind of equally impressing you like that? So we journeyed back through Route 29. Like I said, we skipped the catching tutorial. Astrid was not interested. Um, made it back through Cherry Grove City, said hello to the guide gent on our way, but did not stop moving. Didn't need another tour. Um, and we just headed straight up uh, Route 30 north to Violet City. There are no psychic-type Pokemon down in this part of Johto, so... Astrid was just battling trainers on Route 30 so or and Route 31. So that was actually really cool to see, like, the first couple of battles. There was a little bit of an issue. So as you said, you know, Paul Wall didn't really need the catching tutorial because he took part in the process of catching his spinner rack of his starter Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Because of the Pokemon egg regulations in Johto and, you know, only certain types of trainers are actually eligible to receive and um, hatch Pokemon eggs, Astrid not being a fully licensed Pokemon trainer taking on the Pokemon League had to rely on Professor Elm to get her this Smoochum. So, um, strictly speaking, the Smoochum is not... um, Astrid's own caught Pokemon, so it levels up a little bit faster, gets extra experience from battles, which is all well and good, but already at this point in the journey, Astrid started running into issues with Smoochum, the Empress, getting overleveled. So in Johto, again, to really prevent any sort of cheating getting you know higher level pokemon than you should have access to through your own volition there are rules about pokemon that you don't catch yourself you know they have certain level limits and if they're above that limit and you haven't gotten enough gym badges to raise the limit those pokemon 
are not required to listen to you in battle. So, um, yeah, very early in this journey, that started to become an issue for Astrid. Ooh, that is a whole challenge I didn't even see coming in that. And that makes sense, too, especially in this situation with her being so dedicated to psychic types. That's not really something you see running around all the everywhere. Right. So you really got to – that is interesting. That is going to be something to follow because I feel like that's also extra dangerous because psychic type Pokemon are not the type of thing you want to fuck with and not have control I mean, of. luckily – Smoochum is a little baby, literally, so, like, I don't think that anything bad is going to happen, but it definitely could be a problem for Astrid as she comes across other trainers if the Empress will not listen to her in battle. But really, listeners, the big drama on this route is not the level limit that Astrid encountered. It was Derek needing to get up early to find this Lediba with uh, Paul that was. <laughs> oh my god, that was a struggle. I am not a morning person. I was not ready for that. I figured Derek is not even in. really like a daytime person. Like no, I am. That's why I was great staying up to catch that Weedle out in the hunt. I was having a great time when Paul Wall woke me up first thing at like whatever it was five six a.m. I don't remember. The sun was coming up. I was not prepared to be awake. I was not okay with it at all. And it was the weirdest way he woke me up too. He literally just like comes up obviously i'm not waking up for my own alarm his alarm goes <laughs> off he comes up he kind of like shakes me a little and just goes what it do is the ice man paul wall and i was like hi young paul why are you waking me up right now and he was just like it's catching time let's go and i was like okay and i follow him out and he gets his little grilling that he was wearing his grill that said gotta catch them all on it because nice. he was just really in a catching mood he was all on ready theme. to go mm-hmm. smiling nice and bright it was wonderful and immediately he goes and finds a letty bar pretty quickly like i guess he knows how to like track and like get down he was all in the dirt like crawling around and again the whole time as he's crawling low to the ground he just keeps on saying crawling similar to an ant because i'm low to the earth crawling similar just crawling the whole way he's all in it and he found this lady bar ready to catch it and it was he was he's an expert dude just again string shot letty ball wrapped up pokeball caught it was crazy wow so he's already got a half full team yeah he he was squatting up he was really really prepared too because he just he knew bugs are everywhere he's gonna get a whole swarm of them just to kind of go on his journey so paul catches this letty ball kind of is just like making eye contact looking at it and he's just like you know what letty ball you're cute you're just too chubby and goes I'm going to call you Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Oh. Mike Jones. Yeah, so call him Mike Jones. If y'all don't know, another rapper on Switch House with Paul Wall. And now we got a Letty Bond named Mike Jones to the squad. <laughs> and <laughs> Mike Jones. It's necessary, at least once every time the name is said. So... I was very excited. Ladybug is not a Pokemon I have much experience with because of the fact I'm never awake at that time of day. I don't know if I've ever seen one before now. I so getting... don't think I have either, frankly. I'm not a morning person, not to the degree that you are, but like see? I don't think I've ever seen a Ladybug. So I am incredibly excited. He's diversifying this team. If he's got morning battles, he's got a Ladybug that's ready to go. If he's battling in the middle of the night, he's got Spinarak sideways. It is awesome how like prepared he seems because with bugs, I feel like you have to be. Like, you can't mess around. It's kind of an underpowered type, and mm-hmm. he's not messing around. Like, he is coming ready to go, coming ready, and I'm excited to see him take on some gym battles because dude's an expert. 
So how did those first couple of trainer battles on Route 30 go for Bug Squad? So they actually went surprisingly well. So he was very, again, systematic. He didn't get into trainer battles until his squad was ready. So he was hyping up. He was giving him pep talks, everything like that. He actually had most of his team near level 10 before trainer battles even started. He was oh, training wow. up. Yeah, he literally came in there because at that point, Buzzy Body was a drill. Mike oh, Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah, Mike Jones was learning just basically power. He didn't really learn many attacks or nothing like that. And you already had Spinarak basically just getting this, like, getting beefy, like, getting, like, in shape, battling all these random Pokemon. He was making sure to, like, he always had potions for them. He was taking to the Pokemon Center. He spent so much time, like, I remember with Bujis, we would have been three towns over in the amount of time before he took on his first trainer battle. And by the time we got there, yeah, it, no games were being played. I remember that first trainer that he fought, he decided to use Buzzy Body for him. And when that Beedrill came out and just started just poke-poking, poison stinging, going at the poor little trainers. I think it might have been a Rattata at first. It was just... Joey, of course. Yeah, top tier Rattata. Yeah, it was Rattata. just... It, <laughs> we'll it not, is a Rattata. We'll not get into that. <laughs> it is a Rattata. Either way, these trainers didn't stand a chance. They all seemed like newer trainers, not ready. Dude was, Paul Wall was just shouting out commands back and forth, left and right. And it was just like, these Pokemon seemed like they were just born and bred to fight. It was kind of awesome to see. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really impressive. And now for a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to Violet City's Pokemon Academy. Here, you'll join the very best and brightest among Johto's rising trainers to become the very best Pokemon trainer that you can be. Do you struggle with tight matchups? Well, here at the Pokemon Academy, we use your very own Pokemon team to teach you what can harm them the most. Unsure what effect a status condition will cause? Our hands-on learning subjects your beloved starter Pokemon to poisoning, freezing, and a host of other battle conditions to ensure you never forget the look of horror, I mean, the impacts of one of these status conditions. Join the Violet City Pokemon Academy today and never leave. No, really, you can never leave. Now back to our show. Astrid, now, how did these battles go? Because you already said that the overleveling is an issue. Was, was was she able to make it through all these without having like a psychic to her own face? She did. Um, so she made it all the way north. I think that she avoided battling the last trainer prior to going to Violet City, who was also a bug trainer. Um, so I don't know if maybe that was uh, Paul Wall that we passed doing some training, but <laughs> the level cap issue for Astrid is a bit of a double-edged sword. Not even double-edged, because there's nothing good about this for her. Like, I guess it's good that Smoochum levels up faster because it's such an underpowered Pokemon, but that's, like, the problem here is that Astrid is limited to keeping the Empress under level 10, at or under level 10, but Smoochum is so weak. It knew Pound and Growl, I think. I don't even remember. And, like, that was it? Yeah, so I think it was at level 7 when we got to Violet City. And looking forward to Faulkner seeing, you know, he's got a level 
seven, I think a level seven Pidgey and a level nine Pidgeotto. We both were just sort of like, yeah, that's going to be a problem. So not, yeah, not as much success as it sounds like Paul Wall had, but. Well, that was, I think, part of getting into, you mentioned Faulkner. I think that was part of why he was being so serious from the start, because he knows right away he's got to bring his bugs up against a huge disadvantage. And we're kind of going to get into that in a second. We won't jump too far ahead, but that's definitely part of, I think, what the thought process was for Paul, where he didn't want to risk seeing one of his Pokemon get knocked out for anything like that, really wanted to go ahead and, and put himself at the best advantage in the best place he could. So... At this point, we finally do make it through. Now, they didn't go, at least in my case, we didn't check out Dark Cave at all. Paul had no interest. He was on a mission. I didn't feel like wandering around in the dark, especially after we know what just happened with Professor Oak. We kind of left it alone. I don't know if y'all decided to venture in there at all. Oh, no, same. I think everyone will remember that I, Sessie, hate spooky stuff. Interesting. See, I like spooky stuff, but not being able to see, it just seems more dangerous than scary, and I was not trying to hurt myself (laughs) just starting this. I got to stay healthy on this, so... Yeah, we've avoided that. But did we finally get to Violet City? I feel like Violet City is the first not small town feel. It feels like it's a little bit more of a, of a place to visit. It's still kind of not fancy, made apparent by the biggest attraction being a big wooden tower. But it's nicer than New Bark or Cherry Grove, I'd say. Well, and I mean, I don't think that I recall any towers in Kanto at all. So wooden yeah. tower or not, it's this still... This is true. It's an improvement. Know, yeah, more points of interest. I mean... You've got the Pokemon Academy. I'm gonna assume Paul, same as Astrid, just ignored it. Yeah, not even, didn't even step foot in there. Just not, no interest at all. Having trainers who are a little bit older and took a little bit more time learning the ropes, I think is really gonna work out for us in the long run. I am loving it so far. It seems like a massive improvement. And then we did stop into the Pokemart. Astrid used all of the potions that she had um, getting through those trainers on Route 30 with the Empress. So we stocked up on some potions and there were a few new items in there. You can finally buy your own Pokeballs. So Astrid grabbed a few of those as well, just in case. Eventually, we'll run across another psychic type, I'm sure. I would hope so. That would would be nice at some point if that happened. So yeah, Paul definitely jumped to the Pokemart. No money spent on snacks, was getting like antidotes, making sure he had Pokeballs on top, you know, potions, all, all the necessary stuff, which again, makes sense. He, he's always prepared. Now from there, we went ahead and the next place Paul, want, he, Paul wanted to go and I was not going to fight him on this because I was excited was Sprout Tower. Now, I was very confused by the concept and why I was so fascinated by this. And I thought maybe it was like a hidden meaning, like Sprout Tower. Like it's not just Bellsprout. Nobody likes Bellsprout that much. I thought it was like, so maybe something's hidden in there. Is there some like real secret Pokemon or there's like a hidden organization? Maybe it's another Team Rocket front or something. I was so excited to figure out the mystery behind Sprout Tower. And then we get there and it's it's just Bellsprout. It's literally just Bellsprout. And like maybe is built around a giant Bellsprout. Like it was moving. I was not happy with that look. I sassy get motion sickness particularly seasickness so this wooden tower swaying and moving around this giant presumably bell sprout stock in the middle of it was not good for me it was not yeah even i'm not somebody who normally gets motion sick but it was just very uncomfortable it did not feel safe 
I get that they were saying it was like a built-in feature and it was like a plus like with bridges and shit like that. I wasn't about it. It did not feel safe. Bellsprout were not interesting enough to be in that what felt like that type of danger. And the Sages were just like there. I mean, battling a bunch of Bellsprout was good experience, I guess, but it really wasn't anything useful. Like Bugs, I don't have a problem with grass Pokemon. And it was just kind of like, racking up that experience trying to get to the top and i was so disappointed because this is one of the first major things i was excited about yeah in astrid's case all that good bellsprout experience was too much good bellsprout experience so i think astrid battled the first maybe also the second sage with their like trios of bellsprouts and the empress smoochum popped up to level nine and you know astrid was like i still have a whole a whole gym full of trainers that I need to get through. Like I can't risk getting above level 10 as I'm battling Faulkner. So she went back down to the front um, desk in Sprout Tower and got a visitor's pass. So we still trekked up and, you know, saw the sights, but she didn't battle any of the sages. (laughs) Wow. So was it just like sneaking past them to get to the top essentially? Well, so I flashed my press credentials. You know, we have our lanyards. Mm. Um, and Astrid kind of followed behind me with a little, um, like, visitor's badge. And so it was a little bit of a stretching of the truth. Um, but they let us by, I assume, because they thought we were here reporting. And Astrid sort of, like, shoved Smoochum's Pokeball deep into her bag so they couldn't see that she was a trainer. Um, so we were still able to make it up to the top floor. Uh, no issues. It sounds like neither of us had a great time here. It was kind of just getting to the top regardless of how we had to get there, just dealing with it and getting to the top. Now, we finally get to the top, and who do we see other than fucking Butt Munch just being a bully and a complete douche to the sages up there? Right. Like, Minor Arcana was up there when Astrid arrived, and he was just... I don't know if it was, like, a Napoleon complex thing, you know, taking on the moniker of Minor Arcana. I feel like he's regretting that a little bit. It's not super easy, doesn't roll off the tongue, doesn't really present you in, like, an intimidating way. Uh, And I guess now he's moved on from taking out his frustration on 13-year-old girls to taking it out on 90-year-old old men. Yeah, it's so unnecessary. Like, picking on kids, picking on old people. Like, I get it, your name's Butt Munch. But, bro, like, calm down. I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish here. And and Paul Wall was not having it. Paul Wall was just staring at him, just, like, confused. Like, literally just, like, 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 you're embarrassing yourself, dude. Yeah. And immediately, and, and I remember, so, in our last journey, Boo just says, like, Enforcer was always Nido King. I have the feeling that's what Paul Wall's trying to do with this buzzy body, this Beedrill. Because if y'all haven't seen Beedrills in the wild, because they can be quite intimidating up close, they are fucking terrifying. They're just also giant. Massive. Like, if they wanted to go on a killing spree, just a fun fact, I get it, Beedrills are important for the environment and the ecosystem and everything, but if they ever rebelled one day, they could just take out humanity in, like, a day. Just Dear, the whole do you situation. Know, do you know how large a Beedrill is? Uh, well, his is about three feet tall, I think. It's giant. Yes, correct. One meter height, 65 hey. pounds weight. Oh, my gosh. 29 and a half kilograms. Holy shit. Like, Beedrills are huge. That is just a murder machine. Like, ah. Uh, 
And look, so, yeah. I'm a Beedrill fan over here. I'm glad to see that Paul Wall is using one. Yeah, so I, I'm happy that he has this enforcer. <laughs> Butt Munch didn't seem happy because Butt Munch turned into Butt Clench real quick and was not <laughs> about it. It was not a very yeah it just ran away wasn't very impactful we ought to go check on the elder because at this point i'm worried because like what did he do like this is a criminal this is no longer just a nuisance we're seeing like this is an actual criminal we're dealing with so i wanted to make sure he was okay yeah i did like again similar this is the one similarly similarity bujis and paul wall do have is the the level of swagger that they do have which was wonderful because as you see this like panicked look at the beedrill charging him and but Munch is trying to freak out. He just looks dead in his eyes and says, say cheese and show my fronts. It's more carrots than Bugs Bunny's lunch and just smiles and got his grill popping out saying, stop playing on his little grill. <laughs> and with playing, it's a little Game Boy on the bottom. Wonderful. But Munch didn't think so. But it was beautiful, and Butt Munch ran away, and it was just such an epic moment. I saw the elders smiling. It was a beautiful time. Paul Wall really does have a grill for every occasion. Oh, there's so I don't know where he keeps them all, but they're just always ready to go and just popping them in in and out. I respect the dedication. From there, we finally go ahead and meet the elder at that point. Now, we have an exclusive interview with Gabby actually speaking to Sage Lee, who is the head, I guess, of Sprout Tower, one of the most important people there. Exclusive interview here, so check it out. A quick break, and we'll be right back with the show. Hi there, folks. Field correspondent Gabby here in the Sprout Tower with Sage Lee. It's great to have you here on our show. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview with us. Yo, it's Sage Lee. Um, well, I've just got a few questions for you about Sprout Tower and your role here. Um, first, can you just tell our listeners, why is this tower dedicated to Bellsprout, sort of broadly speaking? Yo, because it's like, one time I was out in a forest and like, I was looking at a tower and I was like, that's like a tree, but like with people inside. So then like, yo, I went to a, a Bellsprout and I was like, you're like a tree, but little i was like what if you were a tower how many people could we fit in you and the bell sprout ran away and i was like he's gonna go run and be a tower so that's how we did it that's not what i thought your response was gonna be um let's just move on to uh how do you recruit your sages that are in this uh tower no problem bro chacho so basically i walk up to a person and i'm like i I think they could be a sage like they need to have a young soul so if y'all don't know i'm 125 which like people don't guess that about me but i try to find old people with that so i just like walk up to an old dude i'm like yo brosif what up and if they look back at me and they're like yo bro migo then 100 percent they're in and like as long as they're all about bellsprout fuck yeah well this interview is revealing in a lot of ways that i didn't sign up for um moving on why are you in charge of distributing the HM for Flash? Well, yo, basically, like, when they asked, like, what we could have to, like, give out, I was like, yo, give us hash. And instead, they gave out Flash. So, like, next best thing. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's just move on to the hard-hitting question. Uh, that patented hard-hitting question for the folks at home. 
What do you say to the allegations that you have been selling bootleg copies of Flash? Yo, Bromotron, chill out. Like, that's not at all what we're doing. Like, I have never sold any bootleg copies of Flash. But, like, if you're trying to buy some bootleg hash, hit me up. Now back to our show. Wow, um, that was interesting. I had not spoken to Sage Lee before. We kind of just was a quick in and out. Did not know that about him. Much different than I pictured. You know, I guess wisdom is wisdom regardless of where it's found. I guess so. Either way, that is a young spirit and a very old man. So good for him. Now we're going to move on from this. Now we get to go face the gym leader. And this is something I've been nervous about. I'm sure you've been nervous about it for Astrid with the this obedience whatever the word is is disobedience yeah the behavioral issues whatever it is of this smoochum now this is a flying gym so i don't know how you were feeling about it with smoochum i know again following a bug type trainer i was very concerned now i feel like he's got his shit together i feel like paul's gonna do just fine but this is a very big challenge to start off with especially that freaking level nine spiro just at the front and then you got Falconer just sitting there waiting for you with birds flying everywhere. I was not concerned for Astrid from the perspective of tight matchups. Like, Paul Wall is at a clear disadvantage because flying is super effective against Bug. That was not the case here. The only issue for tight matchups is that while Smoochum is an ice type that's super effective against flying... She doesn't learn an ice-type move until level 13, which is, of course, above that level 10 level cap. So, luckily, at level 9, which the Empress was at when Astrid entered the gym, she did learn Sweet Kiss, which is, it causes confusion in the opposing Pokemon. So, that was Mm. pretty much the strategy, was, like, cause confusion, hope that the other Pokemon does not attack you, because... All of the Pokemon in this gym were way stronger than the Empress, despite being at a lower level than her. So, poor Astrid. I hope Paul Wall had a better go with this first trainer. She had to battle Abe, this Spiro trainer, I think three times before she finally beat him. It was rough. So, one thing I found really interesting about Paul's strategy in this, it was was actually kind of similar to what you were talking about with the confusion aspect. And he had a very unsurprisingly systematic approach. He basically would start each battle with Mike Jones out, the Letty body, use Supersonic to confuse the other Pokemon. So right away, in this case, whether it's the, you know, the Spearow or anything else, the Pokemon just starts confused, which I thought was a great strategy because you don't want to be getting pecked or anything like that. It'll really screw you up. Then from there, he would go ahead and swap in sideways and use Poison Sting to try to poison it. And it's already just like screwing with it at that point. And then at that point with the finisher, you got Buzzy Body and he'd be coming in with Fury Attack. And it was just like, it was just literally like they were being swarmed by bugs back to back to back. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like I almost felt bad for the birds because one after the next, like just bam, bam, bam. And they were getting some attacks in. And sometimes I think at one point, Letty Bob might've fainted. He might've gotten a few of the Pokemon down, but it was never a time where it was like, I don't think he's going to do it because just... Again, I, I had sympathy for these birds. Like, they were being abused by these bugs. It was like revenge for all the years of evolutionary abuse. Man. And it was crazy efficient. 
I can't wait until Astrid can pick up some more Pokemon for her team. Because, I mean, not only were there times when I was concerned that she wasn't going to make it, there were actual times when she didn't make it. Like I said, she had to battle that first trainer like three times. And it was just, it was tough to watch. It was, I mean, this poor girl like just started her journey and she's already like getting wailed on by the very first gym leader. Like that's not the most stellar start. So, I mean... Her strategy eventually worked in her favor, you know, like you said, confuse it from the get-go and then just use pound, hopefully, until the opponent goes down, but it wasn't very pretty. At this point, especially dealing with a Pokemon that only wants to listen to you part of the time, just survival is the most important part at this point. Pushing through is kind of all that matters. Now, this is one of the big moments for them now, because regardless of how they got there, they just beat a gym. Like, that's... Big news. That's super important. They get the Zephyr badge. They go ahead and get Mud Slap, which is not super useful with a bunch of bugs. So I appreciated the gesture, but I don't think uh, I don't think Paul's going to get much use out of that. But he seemed very appreciative, seemed super happy about it. Afterwards, I was surprised at the level of humbleness from Paul because he seemed to be very, like, brash with a lot of the trainers. But I guess he has some respect for the gym leaders, maybe because he maybe wants to be one one day. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's the vibe I'm getting. So it was really cool to see him kind of just show like that level of respect because it wasn't really taunting when he when he got there and instead of saying anything mean he just did like a general thing yeah i mean astrid did not have really as many issues with faulkner as she did with that first gym trainer that spiro i don't know it just gave her a lot of trouble the Bad news for Astrid is that coming out of that battle with Faulkner, the Pidgeotto level nine, his closer, defeating that Pokemon put the Empress at level 11. So Astrid walked out of the Violet City gym, Zephyr badge in hand. Unfortunately, that badge does not confer any higher level abilities. Um, You have to go on to the second gym in Azalea Town in order to sort of up your level limit for traded Pokemon. So um, yeah, the next leg of this journey is about to be pretty rough for Astrid. So yeah, it was really interesting to see Paul's level of like respect for the gym leader because kind of how he's been trash talking everything else. It was like, he still was doing his normal thing, but it was done in a way that was like, like context clues just felt super respectful i was like good for you and he just because after he wins the battle poor little birdie's on the ground and he just looks at him and just lo- looks faulkner in the eye and goes higher than a street light floating like a parachute buzzing like a bumblebee mustard green bentley coop and then just shook his hand and i was like look at this little respectful son of a bitch just styling on him shaking his hand being respectful and sticking with his Paul Wellness, it was wonderful. It was great to see. And I'm really excited just to go forward, especially because he had a Bumblebee lyric set up for beating someone with the Beedrill. If he's going to be that on flavor with everything he does after battles, I'm here just for the trash talk. Yeah, I mean, does that even count as trash talk? Like, it was hella impressive, but... Yeah, it just felt, like I said, I've never heard of respectful trash talk, but look at little Paul Wall pulling it off into it i'm very into it so (laughs) so as we're leaving the gym too paul wall gets a call from professor elm this urgent call about the mystery egg saying that he needs to go ahead and get it from one of elm's aides to go ahead go to the pokemon center pick this up it's just wow these aides are great because they're actually coming to us if this was freaking one of oak's aides 
nobody hopefully is listening to this we would have had to go all the way back ourselves the aid wouldn't have been there we would have had to go to a different town aid still wouldn't have been there two months later we would have found this egg oh and not only was the aid overly helpful in actually coming to astrid and paul wall professor elm on the call also explained to them why it was important that they get this mystery egg you know it's a pokemon egg it's gonna hatch into a new and exciting pokemon like Thank you for giving us some contacts. I'm used to AIDS being like, oh, do you want this thing? Oh, you don't have enough Pokemon. Bye. I'm not even going to tell you what this thing is. So essentially, this bodes much better, I think, for us and our encounters with Elm's AIDS. I have so much hope. This seems like it's going to be a much more helpful experience all around. And maybe we can spend more time enjoying the little things instead of worrying about survival and venting about the uselessness of everyone. I like the positivity coming out of this now. From there, we kind of just, yeah, we, we head out. This is an interesting spot because this is going to take us down kind of a, a bit of a journey before we get to the next town. Now, me personally, I'm not excited. I told Paul I want to take a nap where we're at. Violet City seems nice. Let's enjoy the refreshments. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He wasn't having any of it. He wants to go straight back on the road. We got to get back to camping, all that type of stuff. Were you able to convince Astrid to relax at all? No, I think that getting the empress to level 11 getting out of faulkner's gym just made her really anxious to get to azalea town so she could get that next badge and actually have some command over smoochum so uh astrid was raring to go yeah so on the same on the same path then we're heading straight to route 32 now we did get a miracle seed for defeating faulkner and, and earning the violet city gym badge which i don't really see that helping at all with Paul Wall. I know there's some grass bug Pokemon, but none that we currently yeah. have on the squad. Astrid grabbed it. Could be useful in the future. Maybe Why not? at some point. Free at some point. gift? Why not? Yeah, that's, that's the truth. And now for a quick word from our sponsors. Are you into homeopathic medicine like Pokemon berries? We're not about real medicine here. Has it been in a research paper? Uh-uh-uh. Was it in your uncle's post on Facebook? Uh-huh-huh. All those homeopathic cures, like burnt grass and tree bark, and that thing that you found growing in the basement of your cousin's house, all for the very low price of $9.99.99.99. Come get this homeopathic healing so we can get rich. I mean, I mean, so your Pokemon can feel good. Now back to our show. The coolest thing about Route 32 is we do get a much bigger variety with the trainers and some of the battles we're seeing with the Pokemon. Um, it, it really does seem to be like these trainers are more advanced than what we were seeing in Kanto. Uh, like, it seems like they're kind of on the same level, despite the fact that these trainers are working their little asses off. There's some solid trainers we're running across. The variety of wild Pokemon was most impressive to me. This will not be a surprise to anyone listening, I think. Uh, Astrid hid from all of the trainers on this route. She did manage to avoid all of them, which was damn impressive. Like, I didn't know that was a thing you could do, but she was, like, sneaking around trees and, like, crawling through the grass, like, army crawl style. So um, we ran into a lot of wild Pokemon as a result. And like I said, really cool. There were whoopers. There were 
bell sprouts. There were hoppips. You've got ghastlies if you're out there at night. I mean, at this point in Kanto, you've got Pidgey, you've got Rattata. So the illegal magic. I feel like yeah, I don't know what else there would be. A legal illegal magic heart, maybe a Nidoran. You get those pretty early, but um, yeah, there's a lot more going on in Route 32. But you know what was not going on in Route 32 that I was truly devastated about, Derek? We spent so much time in the tall grass, crawling around, running into all of these wild Pokemon. We never saw a Mareep. Sweet little electric sheepy pokemon that's there's a, no Mareep. that's a very good point i don't remember seeing a single one either not that not that paul wall was looking for them because again on a mission but i i don't think i saw a single one not even just like hiding or passing by yeah i mean obviously you know being a pure electric type astrid would not be able to use a Mareep either but like you know if i'm gonna be crawling through the dirt i want to see this sweet little sheepy it's a little ray of light added into the journey that's that's really interesting i didn't realize how i haven't again not a pokemon trainer really that don't really come out in the wild like this much so i didn't realize they were that rare maybe we just both had bad luck or i I don't know i was expecting to at least no there are no mareep at all on this route anymore i don't know if they've all been like captured to extinction because everybody was so like into them but that yeah, is you worrying. straight up cannot get a Mareep here, and that is, like, extremely upsetting that to me. That is so sad. I know! Well, at least, uh, on a positive note, we didn't see any Mareeps, but there was some variety, like you did say. So we did have, like you said, there's Piers, there's Forests, there's Ledges, there's a lot of Magikarp. Again, these Magikarp trainers. What is the purpose of this? What are you gaining from getting a Pokemon that splashes about... Do you want an army of Gyarados? Because that sounds dangerous. That doesn't sound like a way you want to live a long time. Like, <laughs> what is your goal? What is your end goal here? Is there is there an end goal? Or are they involved, like we said previously, are these Magikarp involved in the illegal Magikarp trade? Are we seeing a criminal that is just posing as a trainer? Yeah, throwing this back to several weeks ago, I mean, doesn't look great for this guy. Especially considering that, unlike Kanto, where with an old rod, you literally could only catch Magikarp. So, unlike that fisherman that's north of Cinnabar, like, he at least has some plausible deniability. Like, oh, I only have an old rod. All I can catch are Magikarps. Like, in Johto, one could catch a Magikarp or a Goldeen with an old rod in this part of town. Like, Sir, having a squad just full of Magikarps and not a single Goldeen does not look good. Literally no excuse. No excuses at all. It was just, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing not to call them out like that. But yeah, it is some sketchiness. But the thing is, the sketchiness and possible criminal activity of those Magikarp smugglers pales in comparison to the fucking dude selling Slowpoke tails for a million dollars. Right outside the Pokemon Center. Yes. Yeah. That was one of those, it's like, what did you just offer to sell me? Because that's not even like, okay, you're selling me a Magikarp, it's sketchy. You're just straight up cutting the tails off a Slowpoke. And it's not even like, look, Magikarp, not to sound like cruel, but like, I get it that like sometimes in certain places in the world, people have to eat Magikarp. Magikarp are kind of And they're invasive. Yeah. Yeah. Slowpoke are very smart, intelligent, probably smarter than the dumbass who's trying to sell Slowpoke tail. I had a huge issue with that. Astrid was particularly upset about this, given that Slowpoke is, of course, part psychic type. It's the next psychic type Pokemon that she's even going to have the opportunity to catch. So to encounter this guy selling these Slowpoke tails, like, 
it was just a complete affront, not just obviously the ecological ramifications. You know, I, I assume this is something similar to like shark finning where they're cutting the tails off of these poor slow pokes and then like dumping them in slow poke well and like not even really like using the whole part of the slowpoke because that's like one thing if it's like sustenance hunting and you're using all parts of the slowpoke like I'm into that go for it like yes I know people that hunt but like don't just cut the tails off these poor slowpokes and then try and like make money off of them like how like truly evil do you have to be and it doesn't seem like there's a real purpose to it outside of just being an asshole because it's not like this is like needed to feed a community this is not necessary for really anything outside of just black market activity and it's it's disturbing to say the least and i'm hoping we can find out more because this just does not seem like this is not okay and it feels like there's something else going on because if the dude's bold enough to sell it outside of a pokemon center there's some sort of backing there there's something going on definitely and it's just not okay well in the pokemon center we did meet a nice fellow that was able that just gave paul wall an old rod and paul wall seemed receptive obviously there's no bugs in the water but maybe he just wants to fish in his downtime he seems like one of those people that has like he seems like someone that would fish i don't know why just something about him gives off fishing vibes yes because he's like cool and confident in the outdoors yeah and like everyone needs to unwind somehow so yeah i've yet to see him do it he's been very serious so far but maybe fishing will get, get him to let out his his relaxed goofy side Astrid grabbed the old rod as well. I don't think it will serve any use to her either. Okay. But answer my question. I was just about to ask is Astrid an avid <laughs> fisher, but I don't think that is a not really her deal. I think that she is interested in some Pokemon that can be found in the water that are part psychic type, but um, yeah, she didn't seem as uh, enthusiastic about this old rod as it sounds like Paul Wall was. Yeah, no, not not so much. So. We finally go ahead and get to... So this is fun. When I, Fun fact. When I was a little kid growing up in Johto and I used to look at maps, I always used to think this was called Onion Cave. Um, <laughs> we get to Union Cave. Now, this... Oh, onion! That's kind of what the word looks like, so I don't feel as bad. I love that. So we get to Onion Cave. And this was just not a great time for Paul Wall. I don't like caves. After the whole shit show we had with Seafoam Island or the seafoam islands never again i don't want to be in a cave i don't want to be in anywhere dark no like just keep me out of there and having to go through onion cave was just miserable on top of the fact that it took forever because all these rock pokemon being running around and all these trainers using rock pokemon literally i'm happy that paul wall is a good trainer and knows what he's doing because he managed to get through but when you have to sit there for 30 minutes and watch a Beedrill poke a Geodude to death, I never I, want to go in a cave again. It did not give me, get rid of my cavephobia at all. I'm so sick of them. I was wondering how Paul Wall was going to deal with uh, this Onyx. One poke at a time. Literally <laughs> one poke at a time. Astrid, uh, unsurprisingly, once again, hid from and avoided all of the trainers. Um Again, shocked that she was able to do so, but like, man, homegirl, she's pretty slight, you know, she's 13, so she's still sort of, you know, hasn't really hit her growth spur yet, and like, she was squeezing through like cracks and crevices that I was like, 
no, my hips for sure are not going <laughs> to fit through that. So, um, luckily not being a trainer, clearly not being a trainer, I could just like walk through and not risk any battles, but yeah, yeah poor Astrid, when we got out of that cave, she was like covered in dirt. It was not, oh. it was not good for her. Yeah. I, I don't think it was good for anybody. When we made it through there, we get to route 33 now for for Paul, at this point, we were just kind of ready to go ahead and get to Azalea Town. It was nothing really super eventful. How did how did Astrid do kind of avoiding the rest of those trainers? Man, there's one hiker, Anthony, who's like spinning around in the middle of Route 33. And no matter what Astrid tried, no matter which direction she tried to go, she was not successful at avoiding him. So... Uh, she did end up battling just him, the one trainer, and it was not great because he's got a Geodude and a Machop, and Smoochum, as previously discussed, level 11, doesn't know Powder Snow yet, literally only knows Pound, and only listens to Astrid half the time, so, like, it was not Astrid's finest moment. The Empress is such a fitting name for a Pokemon that just is not <laughs> listening, is too important to listen. It is so perfect of a name for this. The so, good news is that after this really embarrassing battle with Hiker Anthony, um, I think he took some pity on Astrid, and he did offer to call her to let her know when there was a Dunspar swarm in Dark Cave, which is, like, not even where we are. We're outside Union Cave slash Onion Cave, and also I don't know why anyone would want to catch a Dunsparce, but I guess that was all that he had to offer Aww. and felt bad enough to make the offer. Trying so. to help. I have seen Paul Wall a few times exchange digits with some trainers. I haven't really been tracking it too much because, again, with these battles, especially with Paul, I like to kind of be hands-off. I want to observe. I want to be able to document right. it as opposed to being involved. So I see digits getting exchanged, which is an interesting thing now that they have cell phones. So yeah, I'm interested if he gets any calls to see what they're going to be offering him. But, yeah, I haven't been keeping up with it. I'll, I'll make sure to pay more attention in the future to see what they're offering up. Maybe they're just trying to be friends. He seems like a pretty cool kid, so that might be it, but we'll we'll find out. But that Could really be. takes us to Azalea Town now, and that's kind of where we're going to be looking ahead going to in our next episodes. We're looking at Azalea Town, Slowpoke Well, which we got thoughts. Believe me, we got thoughts. There's a gym <laughs> there, Ilex Forest. There's a lot kind of coming up that I'm really, really excited about. We're, we're getting into some, some shit will be going down, to say the least. Now, this has been Pokemon Radio with your host, Derek and Sessie. I'm Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Sessie, why don't you hit him with the social media? If you're on Instagram or Twitter, please follow us at Pokemon Radio Pod, where we share updates on our trainers throughout the week, in addition to bringing you our weekly roundups on this show. Um, and please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really want to hear what you have to say, so go ahead and let us know. This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember. I wanna be the very best at raising all the bugs. And psychic types. Professor Oak has like access to any Pokemon. How did none of them know Flash? He also has flashlights. Yeah.